Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I am glad to be back at you again. So uh, if you're new here, this is a podcast for Christian men inside of recovery to live an awesome spirit-filled life. If that is you, then welcome. I'm glad that you're here. This is a good spot. This is a good place to be. So uh, I encourage you to um, click on the link that's inside of the description. That'll take you to information concerning our GCR groups. Uh, right now at this moment, we have three groups a week. Uh, we join uh, online in Zoom uh, format there, and uh, we connect, we relate, we support one another in a very positive fashion. And uh, this is for men only. And uh, if you're interested in that, uh, click on the button below in the description and you will find some information regarding that. And I, I would uh, enjoy to see you on the other side of that. So we got an awesome topic here uh, this morning. It is a it is a doozy. It is a doozy of a topic. Uh, so we're going to be talking about um, what it means to be childlike. And what that means for uh, for sobriety, for recovery, and for discipleship. And I'm super excited to jump into this topic. Uh, we're going to be reading there from Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 16. And uh, it says this, verse 18, starting at 15. Uh, People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have uh, him touch them. And when disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter therein. All right, so we have this uh, scenario that took place inside of the Gospel of Luke there where they're bringing babies to him and uh, uh, they're connecting, they're relating. uh, Jesus also uh, had a very heart and compassion for for the little children. And the pious disciples begin to put a stop to that, right? And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, you know, I see in here, um, you know, there's certain uh, culture and certain mindsets that the... um, that the children come last or the children, um, you know, eat at a, a smaller table in a different location and, and away from the adults and this, that, and the other thing. And I, and I have a strong feeling that this was the, the culture, right? That there is the, the master, the teacher, somebody of someone importance, and the children were to keep their place, right? Uh, they were to, um, to stay out of the way and to not uh, uh, disrupt or, or, or do anything, you know, towards the, the man of God or, or, or the teacher. And uh, Jesus begins to um, come against this mindset. And what I know of Jesus and what I know of the gospel and uh, his words, that um, he comes against what is considered normal lot. And he challenges our firmly held beliefs. And this is why it's really important to um, to get into the gospel and to read his words because he challenges our preconceived ideas to the core. And their pre- preconceived ideas with the children stay away and uh, they have their place and it's nowhere in the front here. And uh, um, this needs to happen. And of course, he challenges that 
uh, challenges their paradigm. I find that to be true uh, so many times in my life. I think that I got something figured out. I think that that this is the way that it is, and uh, not understanding that I have been programmed by culture, I've been uh, programmed by religiosity, uh, programmed by uh, maybe well-intentioned people uh, that have uh, put their belief systems and their mindsets inside of me, and I've been throughout life, and 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 these mindsets come to clash, and they come to clash quite often. And uh, it's only the recognition of those things and allowing, um, allowing the Holy Spirit and allowing Jesus to confront those things and begin to change them that uh, real change begins to happen. But this is the reality that that's what repentance is all about. Repentance is a lifestyle of saying, you know what, I, um, I understand that I'm very limited in my understanding and my behavior and things that are going on in my life. And uh, um, that I, I see and understand that my behavior, uh, my paradigm, and my belief systems can be challenged. And that, uh, that is a, a hard truth that, that I must, uh, must face. And so when I come against those situations, um, the only thing that is appropriate for me to do is go, hmm. I need to lay down my view and opinion of how I think what the things are, and I need to accept God's view and opinion. And uh, positive change begins to happen thereafter when I'm willing to surrender. You know, part of this discipleship journey is that. And it's saying that um, that I am willing uh, to surrender my mindset, my thoughts, my programming, uh, when I am confronted with a truth that doesn't align with my belief system. And if you be honest with yourself, uh, this happens quite a bit. And it's our willingness to actually surrender those that, that brings us to life. So moving on, this is, a, this is the case this is a scenario. There's a certain custom and thing playing out. And he's like, now nah, this is the way things are, right? So he said that you had to receive the kingdom, receive the kingdom as a little child. This word receives there means to, to come into a possession of, uh, it means to acquire it. Um, but the real uh, definition that really gets me is this idea of being a receptacle and a container. And right now I'm holding this uh, water bottle up for those who are watching the video. But uh, this, uh, this water bottle here is a receptacle, and it's a container. Uh, it is meant to hold. It is meant to inquire <laughs> uh, water, uh, per se. And so this is the idea of receiving the kingdom, and that is, you know, I'm going to allow, I am the container, I am the, the, the temple, I am the housing, I am the cup uh, in this analogy, and that I am willing and uh, ready to receive the kingdom, and that, of course, is that I'm going to uh, uh, align my will with the will of God, and I'm going to allow myself to be filled in such fashion, right? And so this is always uh, the choice of man uh, to be uh, to be inhabited, to be a receptacle, and to be filled uh, is the personal choice of man to to allow that to take place. You know, God's part is 
is his salvation and his feeling. And our part is to allow uh, the situation to take place uh, because we are free will agents. So we are the receptacle and we are the container and we have a choice whether we allow or permit or, or welcome something to enter into um, our belief system or not. And so this is what he's saying uh, as far as receiving the kingdom that we need to be the people that are we, we come to into possession of it we acquire we allow it to come uh, we make a decision and we welcome it and that is the the kingdom of god and that is his royalty his rule and his realm and and that's really really important because we have this concept of Christianity that's far removed from uh, from kingdom thinking. Uh, we have this Christianity that's uh, a pie in the sky and and thinking about heaven and and all of these different things and not understanding that the kingdom is the place where God rules, where where He reigns. Now the reality is is that um, there are homes where God does not reign. Right. There are governmental agencies where uh, they are not submissive to the will of God and therefore they don't experience the reality of it. And so coming into receiving the kingdom or allowing it to enter in is this idea of mindset is that I'm going to be a part of a new kingdom. I'm going to be part of a new realm. And inside of this realm and inside of this authority is a king. And this is, uh, um, this is God himself, and he is the one who exercises uh, authority and who is the supreme ruler uh, inside of this kingdom, but yet he's daddy at the same time. And I think that's really important to understand. So the kingdom is the realm where God's will is fulfilled, where God's will takes place. Uh, we are told in the Lord's Prayer to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so understanding that is that there is the uh, will of God that takes place in heaven where there's no sorrow, no crying, no, no uh, dying, no pain, and all of these things. And, and the reality in that realm, uh, God's perfect will is taking place. Uh, but now what we have taking place in the world today is, a, is, is something that... Um, that could be my will, it could be uh, evil's will, uh, or it could be God will, God's will. And so that we have these different wills that are, that are taking place in the world today. In heaven, that is not the case. In heaven, there is one will uh, that is manifesting and taking place, and it is the will of the king uh, who is inside that realm. And so me, as a man, saying, you know what, I'm going to receive the kingdom I'm going to receive his royalty, his realm, his his sphere, his influence, the place where where he rules rules and reigns, and I'm going to say, you know what? I, I'm going to surrender myself to that, and that is yielding, and that is submission, and that is you know all of those words that that we don't like to hear, um, but that takes place inside the rule of the kingdom. So there is a difference here uh, between being childlike uh, or, or childlike and being childish. 
Um, you know, we are told by uh, Paul that we are to become man and we're to set aside childish things. And so this, this identity of this mindset of becoming a, a childlike uh, to receive the kingdom has nothing to do with becoming childish. Uh, first, I want to focus on that because um, it's important for us to understand that we are to grow, we're to mature, we're to develop, and we're, we're supposed to manifest, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, and all of those things. And all those things require us to come out of our childish ways. You know, anything related to, to sin or the old man or the sinful nature and the, and the lust and the perversion and all those different things are related to immaturity. They're related to sinfulness and they're related to childish ways. And so Paul urges us to, uh, to become a man and to set aside those things. So, but being childlike is something that's far different. And this is a, a attitude that's subscribed by Jesus. And he's saying, you know what, if you're going to receive the kingdom, uh, that you're going to receive it in a very childlike fashion. And that is, you know, when I think of, uh, when I think of a child, I think of uh, uh, curiosity, right? That uh, um, the reality is, is that we, we don't know uh, everything, right? And we're experiencing new things all the time and they're fresh and, and we don't completely understand them. And we're filled with a bunch of uh, uh, curiosity um, because, um, because we haven't figured everything out. And I think that is very key to this childlikeness that Christ is talking about is the realization that uh, we need to let our curiosity go. And the reality is, is that we haven't figured everything out. You know, man likes to have systematic theology and he has like every lot, uh, jot and tittle uh, down to the T and thoroughly explained so everybody can understand it. And they put it, you know, in their systemized theology and say, you know what, this is your frame. This is what you believe. And um, this is what you need to follow. And it puts us, you know, inside of a box. Now, instead of reading the word and taking it for ourselves, we accept all the terminology that our religion gives. You know, uh, I say, you know what, I'm not uh, I'm not a Armenian. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not this, that and the other thing. I'm a Christian. And there is a big difference because, you know, being part of a religious system that has a systemized theology and say, you know what, this is the frame and this is the box that you must live in. Well, the reality is, is that's that's not the way the relationship with God works. Now, we the funny thing about our brain is, is that when we once we accept something as true, um, uh, we read between the lines and we can't see anything else. And so that was the, the condemnation of the Pharisees who claimed that they, see, they, they had their sight, right? Not understanding that they were completely blind. The only, they, only thing that they could see was their preconceived ideas and the belief systems that they already held. And this is why when men read the Bible, they read themselves into it, right? And they, and they read their belief systems instead of allowing the, the word to speak and to say uh, what it needs to say, um, we, we, we interpret it through our dirty lens. And I think that it's important, you know, this childlikeness is a clean slate. 
And that is coming to God and saying, you know what, I'm not going to believe anything unless uh, you show it to me, unless it's revealed. And I'm going to drop all this religious dogma and all these fancy words that are not even in the Bible that are descri- uh, that are, uh, are men's doctrines and the way they defined them and, and rapture this and irresistible grace that. And, you know, we give all these terms and all these meanings uh, and all these definitions and none of those words are even found in the Bible. Bible, they are man was man-made words to describe certain things that uh, that they have put um, the theology uh, inside of a little box that is nice package for you, and you have to believe this way. And so, childlikeness is saying, you know what? I'm a clean slate, and that is that uh, I am curious. I am open to God speaking to me and whatever manner he chooses to do so through my wife, through the environment, through the word, through something I see, through a road sign, uh, through a donkey. Like the reality is, is that God has a way of communication and uh, we should be open to it. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't check uh, to make sure it aligns or that God would tell us something that's contradictory to the Bible. That's not the case. But the reality is, is that he has the ability to speak and he has the ability to speak in multiple different ways if we're open and willing and ready to listen. So being dependable, I, I, I see that as a, a, a very childlike trait that uh, our very existence is, is reliant upon our parents to make sure that we're well taken care of and that they are the overseers and they are responsible to uh, to care for us and to maintain our health and all of these different things. And so when that comes to our relationship with God, I think uh, this idea of dependableness is very beneficial, uh, especially inside of recovery inside of discipleship, if you want to grow, uh, (coughs) dependableness is the way to go. And that is, you know what, I'm not going to be self-reliant. And that is, I'm not going to look at my my talents, my skills, and all of my abilities and say, you know what, I have what it takes and I'm going to rely on all my talents and all of my skills. and, And this is going to be my only sort of resources. Now, a childlike dependence is far different. That is, you know what, I don't uh, have everything that it takes to um, to maintain my health. I don't have everything that it takes to, to care for myself. And therefore, it, it produces this childlike dependence upon another. And I see that a little bit in our relationship with God is that there is a form of dependence. And that is, you know, this is seen as a very negative word. And that is, oh, you know, we're supposed to be independent and we're not supposed to be dependent. And I get that. From a worldly standpoint, we should grow beyond dependence upon the government, upon the state to care for us. And we should grow into independence and then and then form this interdependence. I get all that. But when it comes to the message of the gospel and being dependent, it's saying, you know what? When it comes to meeting the standard and being perfect, when it comes to fully measuring up, I don't have what it takes. And that should produce in me a sense of humbleness and a sense of dependence, a childlike dependency uh, upon God to begin to do for me what I can't do for myself. Now, this is hard for men to admit that, you know what, there are areas of my life where I don't have what it takes. 
There are areas in my life that I'm not filled with a, uh, extreme confidence or, or power. And uh, my self-control and my personal abilities have taken me so far. And the reality is, is that I can't go beyond my own abilities, my own talents, my own equipment, my own resources. But when it comes to the dependence upon God, He's not dependent upon all that. And that you tap into something that's far beyond you and something that's supernatural, and that is that you begin to have the ability to go far beyond you, what you ever could. And that is, do you think these men, you know, in the Bible, let's take Paul, for example, that him and his natural ability as a pharmaceutical man, self-righteousness, would be able to endure all those pain? of being shipwrecked, of being hunger, being, being naked and being destitute and all those things. Would he personally have the ability to endure all those things as a pharmaceutical, self-righteous uh, uh, believer? And the reality is that he wouldn't. And so he developed this childlike dependence and he tapped into a power and ability that superseded his own. And that I find is very powerful. I touched on this a little bit, but but children are are, are a clean slate, right? They come in this uh, this curiosity and being dependable. Uh, but the bottom line is is that they have the ability to be written on. It's much like a journal that has no entries, right? And so coming to God and saying, you know what, I'm like this journal that has no entries and that is that if you want to challenge my my belief systems if you want to write something on uh, on my heart i am willing for you to begin to do that and that that is a childlike powerful reality the next one i see is wanting to explore right children want to uh uh they're naturally bent on adventures uh, uh, I remember when I was young, we had Lion's Head Mountain in Riverside, California. And uh, we, we uh, as children, used to explore that mountain. We had uh, a lot of stories and fables about the witch in the shack and, and uh, you know, these different things, that uh, different stories that we had where, where the world was, was hum humongous and ginormous and, and, and bigger than us, right? And I remember going back to uh, my childhood home and seeing how small everything was. Uh, the block was a lot smaller. The mountain was a lot littler. And all of these different things is because from a child like mine, everything was, was grandiose and everything was like this, this adventure and willing to explore, right? And we were out there investigating uh, nature and, and just uh, uh, discovery and adventure, uh, and I see this as, as a very important thing inside of our relationship with God that we have lost. And we have lost it because we think that we have figured everything out, uh, that we no longer investigate, we no longer search, we never ask ourselves, what does that really mean, right? And so instead of exploring, instead of going on an adventure, instead of investigating, uh, we settle for a less creative, a less uh, journey-filled life. And I think, you know, that our, our life as believers, and especially uh, this life inside of um, sobriety and recovery and discipleship, uh, it's supposed to be a journey. Like every day is supposed to wake up and you are on a quest, you are on a journey and uh, thoroughly expecting that God is going to say something to you today, right?
and having that really uh, uh, a mindset uh, keeps everything fresh and it keeps everything alive. Uh, so I find that is a, a very uh, powerful thing. Another thing I noticed when I was a kid that uh, was this high imagination that I was able to create, uh, you know, mental images and and uh, 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 a different uh, form of reality. <clears throat> and I find that important, you know, as as men, uh, you we grow and we mature. Our creativity goes out the window, and our imagination comes to nothing. Not understanding that, you know, sometimes uh, God wants us to dream, and that is to really uh, have an imagination of what our marriages could look like if we uh, make the investment. Uh, what our churches could look like if we made the investment, what different relationships could look like um, if we are willing to dream and willing to imagine and willing to make the deposits necessary to bring those things to pass. <coughs> and I find uh, that we need to return back to that imagination. What kind of uh, uh, business uh, that we can create that can build kingdom wealth and resources that can be used for his kingdom and all these different things of what can what can actually begin to happen if I'm willing to imagine if I'm willing to dream and that's a awesome childlike reality another thing I remember you know as a child is just be thoroughly accepting right I believe you know hate uh, prejudiced and all these different things are very learned behavior. Uh, we we come into this world as a, a clean slate, and uh, certain fears and certain things are programmed into us. Uh, but I do believe that uh, hate and prejudice is one of those things, and that as a young child, because we are a clean slate and we don't have all these frame of references, that we're naturally accepting of other people. And sometimes we don't even recognize that their skin is a different color or even that uh, they're a different gender or, or, or none of these things are actually a reality to us. And so I find that, you know, being openness and uh, uh, be willing to uh, accept other people is really, really important. And it's one thing that uh, that we really, really lack. The next thing, uh, and one of the last things, uh, I think I'll, I'll cover two more, but is the um, getting up after a fall. Have you ever seen a child that like was walking and then they fell down, okay, and then they sat there and cried? And then, you know, because they fell down, they, they uh, begin to medicate. They went into the bathroom and they, and they look for the children's ibuprofen and they begin to suck on the bottle uh, because they, they, they fell down. Like, we don't see any of that, right? What we see is a, is a uh, uh, getting up after a fall. What we see is extreme perseverance. And I think that that's kind of what it takes, you know, inside your relationship with God. We don't have all things figured out, right? And that when we come to him, we're, we're much like an infant child, but we're, we're much like a child inside of our mindset, uh, inside of our maturity level. And that is that, uh, um, that we're immature and we still sin and we still mess ourselves and we still uh, do things that we probably shouldn't. And we haven't got it all figured out. We're learning to walk. Now, inside of this is understanding that uh, when we fall, that we get back up. And that is the very childlike nature that says, you know what? I fail. 
ow, it hurt. I might whine. I might cry. But the reality is, is that I'm just going to pick myself up. I'm going to go at it again. And uh, I think we need to have that uh, childlike sense of uh, perseverance for sure. And lastly, you know, I see within child that they believe the unbelievable, right? And this is why, uh, uh, sadly, you know, we tell our kids uh, stories, you know, when they're young, uh, which I don't uh, quite agree with now. But we tell them a lot of stories, right, about the uh, uh, Tooth Fairy and uh, and Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, and we we do we do all these ignorant stories, right? Uh, to me, you know, I wonder. Uh, it was funny when, when, when I told my daughter that, uh, Santa Claus wasn't real, uh, she was very, very happy and very excited. And she goes, Oh my gosh. So that was you that gave all those gifts. And we're like, yeah. And she's like, Oh, thank you so much. But the reality is, and she, is she came to full terms was what about Jesus? Is he real? And, and it was without fail that that, that question and that answer took place. So I find it, uh, you know, maybe it might be a grave injustice to begin to tell these kids stories. Uh, you know, I think our children think that Jesus is just another one of those stories. So, But the reality is, is that they believe the unbelievable. And that is, you know, when you read the Bible and you see like different miracles taking place and, and we see unbelievable things like a man being swallowed with a fish and living in a belly in a whale for, for three days and being spit up on dry land. And, you know, we see all of these different things that, uh, that begin to uh, challenge our preconceived ideas of what is uh, natural. And definitely in the Bible, you see a supernaturalness. And that is the, we must come to the childlike faith to say, you know what, I, you know, I believe in the possibilities. I am willing to believe in the unbelievable. And so it takes this childlike uh, dependence, this, this clean slate, this willing to explore all of these different things that, that take place in China, uh, inside of a child to really enter and what that means is that I'm going to, just like you enter a house, you, you open the door, you step through and you, you come inside and you have, uh, you have joined the people that are inside and you have admission to the kingdom. And so the kingdom is much like that, uh, that we must come humble. We must come dependence. We, we, we must come with this childlike fashion and that we are going to enter in and that we're going to come inside because it's fun inside, right? And so um, it's important to, to really, really understand how childlikeness is connected uh, to spirituality. David said this. He said, Lord, my heart is not haughty, and nor are my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters and things that are too high for me. And so within these statements, I see a very humbleness, right? A childlikeness that, uh, um, you know what, my, my heart is not haughty and lifted up in pride and, and thinking how great I am, neither my eyes, you know, on all these great things. And I don't consider myself into these great matters or things that are too deep uh, for me to understand. And then he says, surely I have behaved and I have quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as, as a weaned child. 
And that is I come to this really humble state of childlike dependence that, you know what, I'm not going to uh, uh, think that I'm more better than I am. I'm not going to think uh, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm not going to consider all of these high and lofty uh, doctrines and ideas and all of these different things that the, the message and the theme of the entire Bible is trust. These, are, these were written that you might believe. And it's not the belief that we think of, that we give adherence to certain creeds and to certain doctrines and all of these different things. Um, it is a trust and reliance upon a person. And the central theme of the entire Bible is to get us to a place where we begin to trust and to rely on our Father, which is Daddy. And part of this childlike dependence is saying, you know what? God is my father and I am his child. And that I thoroughly expect him to be my father. And that is to love me, nurture me, care for me, and also to provide uh, some sort of correction uh, when needed and all these different things. Um, and that I am his child. And that is that um, we think of punishment oftentimes as very punitive, right? Our, our, the way our punishment system works in America is that if you commit a crime, then you're, you're going to be punished. You're going to be locked away inside of a, a cell and that you're going to experience a, a, a time where your freedoms and your liberties are taken away. And this is supposed to motivate you into some sort of better behavior, right? And as we know, the recidivism rate that punishment doesn't work. It's just the reality. The people that go to prison uh, most likely in a very high rate end up returning. And the reality is, is that the punitive uh, nature of punishment doesn't produce the change that we really want. And so it is with children that we can beat them senseless. We can beat them until they're bloody, right? And it can be very counterproductive uh, to what we are trying to achieve as a father, and we can be over-domineering. And the only thing that we're communicating is that we are not worthy of trust and that we should be scared of you and that we should run and that we should hide because you have fits of anger and that you have you have issues. And therefore, uh, I'm not going to jump in your lap because I don't trust you. You're not reliable. And so it is we have to understand with our relationship with God is that this fear-based idea is not uh, propagated inside of the gospel. And that is that there is no fear in love. That perfect love casts out all fear because fear has torment. And he that has fear is not made perfect in love. And so God's whole design was to bring us to the realm of where we trust him. And what that means is that we are not scared that he is going to uh, uh, highly beat us in some way or fashion, and that he's going to use this punitive nature that has no redemptive qualities to it. Now, what we understand is that the discipline and the correction of God is for our course correction and for our benefit and for our good, and it actually produces the results that are beneficial in our life. To think that God, uh, you know, does this uh, punitive nature that has no benefit and has no uh, form of correction to it, but only causes us to become more bitter and more withdrawn from him is, is a crazy, crazy mindset that we need to abandon. To be able to trust our father, we must believe that he loves us. 
Um, that must mean that he uh, is willing to care for us, nurture us, and also is willing to course correct us. And that is the discipline that is necessary to keep us on track, to keep us on the right path. And I can tell you and I can guarantee you that God as a father does that. Um, and, and that it takes place and that is very connected uh, to his love. And so I find that to be an awesome reality. So uh, uh, um, David says here, his heart's not haughty, his eyes are not lofty. He doesn't claim to know all these deep things. He quiet himself, his soul is like a weaned child. Paul says this, brethren, don't be children in understanding. Don't be children in understanding. Don't be childish. Uh, but he says in malice, and that is sinfulness and, and, and all that stuff, be children. Have a childlikeness when it comes to sin and begin to develop a, a sense of innocence about you. Uh, he says, in understanding, amen. Peter says this, as newborn babes desire to censor milk or the word that you may grow thereby. This childlike dependence of, of uh, uh, desiring the, um, to be fed by the Father. And um, I find that to be very important inside of recovery. And so the reality is, is this, is that are we going to say, you know, daddy, I got this, I got this, you know, we're going to be independent and self-willed and we're going to do our own thing. Or are we going to come in childlike dependence in, in humbleness and say, you know what, I'm going to rely, I'm going to depend upon my father and I'm going to depend upon his love to help assist me and give me the strength and the ability to do what I can't possibly do on myself. That's gospel. That's gospel. Peace.